From the Financial Times in London, I'm Patrick Jenkins, the FT's financial editor. This is FT News. Today we're here with Oliver Beta, chief executive of Allianz, one of the world's biggest insurance companies. I'm also joined by Oliver Ralph, who is our insurance correspondent. Welcome, Oliver. Thank you for joining us. It's a pretty turbulent time in terms of the macro situation of the world, both politically and economically. I suppose a lot of eyes are on Donald Trump, who will become president of the US in just over a month's time. We don't know for sure what Donald Trump stands for, but I suppose a lot of attention among financial companies is focused on the deregulatory agenda that he's talked about, particularly as relates to banks and the so-called Dodd-Frank rules. Also, his pro-American stance. For a company like yours, what does that mean? Is it a positive development for you or are there things to be fearful of? We don't really know yet. And I think that's what you have to acknowledge is why we're driven by daily news. The reality is we have to see how the government forms up, how the agenda looks. We have some indication that looks promising. We actually believe the markets have been getting a little ahead of themselves in terms of enthusiasm. So we do what we normally do. We have a very long duration business model. We have to wait until the decisions are clear. I think given this uncertainty, one thing is important. We have to move from sort of simple scenario plays to contingency planning because there is a lot of things happening that could turn sour. So we need to make sure that we don't just have one or two pass planned but are ready for a number of shocks that can come up. On that particular issue, though, of deregulation, I suppose in simple terms, insurance companies and asset managers, and you obviously operate in both sectors, have benefited from the regulatory crackdown or the greater regulatory crackdown on banks Mm. uh, in in the wake of the financial crisis. If deregulation means making life easier for banks, is that competitively bad for you? No, I don't think so. I think we have had a lot of regulation, some of that very good, actually. I think the financial system was over leveraged and under regulated. If you correct for that, that's good. Now, if we correct some of the over-regulation, that should also be beneficial. Let me give you an example. We have over-regulated securitization, which has been both bad for the banks and bad for us in terms of having assets available to invest in. So we actually welcome some corrections. I think people have been overzealous on banks recently. I wouldn't say we have benefited a lot. When you think about the beautiful Solvency II regime, I don't think we got a better deal. It just takes longer to manifest itself as we have longer duration liabilities to show all of the problems. But we have had the same problems from regulation as the banks. Well, talking of problems, Brexit is looming over the UK and you, as a German insurer, do rely on a pretty significant presence in the UK Mm -hmm. and a borderless operating environment in Europe. Mm. For Allianz and for your asset manager, PIMCO, both of which are present in the UK, assuming that the UK is outside of the single market Mm -hmm. under Brexit, what does that mean for your operations? So we are positive on the United Kingdom. You might find that strange. And I think the United Kingdom economy would suffer from the decision, which we regret. On the other hand, we believe it's still a very innovative society, an innovative economy, lots of smart people. And I hope that we can actually increase our presence here. What does that mean, increase your presence, in order to maximize the benefit you can draw from the UK economic growth story. But for PIMCO, which obviously Mm -hmm. uses the UK as a jumping off point for Europe, does that mean that you need to restructure the way you organize yourselves? Uh, No. So we have always prepared for a Europe where we have more fragmentation. So we have the right legal structures in most markets. For example, PIMCO has a very strong presence in Germany too, in addition to the United Kingdom. 
And what we've talked about a borderless Europe in the past, the reality is we've had over the last few years before the Brexit, more and more national borders going up. Think about, you know, Hungary, Poland, the United Kingdom having a different capital regime. So we've been unfortunately getting used to some more nationalism, despite all the talk about harmonization. Even under the Solvency II framework, you have a European framework and then national add-ons. So no, we don't fear that. We are a bit worried about free trade and more in the manufacturing and physical goods sector. And financial services, my bet would be that everything that pertains to the euro will have to move to the continent in terms of clearing and a significant part of the trading, which makes all the sense in the world. And therefore, I fear a loss of business and role for the United Kingdom. That's sad, but that's, I think, unavoidable. So some of PIMCO's operations might need to move back to Frankfurt in order to facilitate that. But you would still create net more jobs, do you think, in London? You know, if you think about it, we are not the leading player in the United Kingdom. For example, in asset management, nor are we in insurance. And we believe this industry will have to consolidate. So the logical consequence should be that over time we become a larger player in this market that we still believe is attractive for strong financial institutions. Let me bring Oliver Ralph in at this point, because in terms of Allianz's position in the world, a difficult macro environment, as I said, low growth in a lot of markets... But I think you were watching closely what Allianz said at its Investor Day very recently, particularly looking at digital as a strategy to turbocharge growth. Yes, a lot of insurers are looking at digital strategies and trying to work out how they best use all the various abilities open to them from blockchain to the Internet of Things to Mm -hmm. big data. What are you most excited about in digital and how can we measure digital progress at Allianz? Digital is something that everybody talks about, but very few people actually measure. Yeah, we do measure it very carefully as part of what we call our renewal agenda. The five elements that have the most important one is what we call customer centricity because our world is moving from a push business model, pushing product to consumers over the last century, to a pull model where people are deciding when and how they are consuming our product, not just purchasing them. And therefore, we call the second pillar digital by default. And it's very important to understand the meaning, which is digital is not an add-on. This is not a box or a garage where you house some nifty people and then the core business continues to move along as it has for the last 100 years. But we're trying to bring it into the core of the company. Now, how do you start doing this? It starts with very mundane objectives. So last year, we had more than 100 million Lettuce in Germany that we've sent to our clients. And we've said by 2018, we want to basically get rid of paper as much as we can. There's a few regulatory impediments, but fundamentally, there's no objective that over time we totally substitute paper. Now, this is a 300 to 400 million price tag that in terms of productivity gains, we can give back to consumers and share with our shareholders. So it starts with very practical things, not the big data question. The other one is being able to service our clients on the mobile phone. Again, sounds very simple, but having every product that is on sale, being able to quote, purchase, service, and if you want, discontinue on the mobile phone is a tall order, and that is what we're working on. So by 18, we want to achieve that for all the products that are online sales. So we make it very, very concrete. Now, will we achieve that in every market for every product? No, we won't. But that has to be the ambition. So it's not a garage idea. Now, the second component, we have something that's called the global digital agenda. 
Allianz is, like many international insurance groups and asset management groups, a multi-local organization. As we move into this pull world and use technology, we obviously need to harmonize the things that we do in order for the first time in our history actually get to economies of scale, not just economies of skill that we have. And that is the biggest change, but because people have to get used to working collaboratively across borders, across cultures, across regulatory regimes, replicating technology ideas. So when we know, for example, that when you issue a motor insurance policy and you know that the tires of a car are down to 60% of the rubber, that is a very important piece of information when accident frequency increases dramatically. Being able to capture this data, to share this data and to put it into our tariffs and to price for it and to actually manage for it is an easy thing to say, but not such an easy thing to do. And this is where the real work happens. It's not on the technology side. It is actually hardwiring it into new processes and new delivery models. And this is what is actually taking the time. One final question from me. Sure. Just on that digital point, in 2018, mm-hmm. what are the kind of three metrics that investors should hold you to account on? We have said in November last year, we're measuring for the first time externally, not just financial performance, but also what we call the health of the company. So there are two KPIs. One is on EPS growth, one is on return on equity. The other one is what we call the net promoter score and our loyalty leadership. I'll talk about that. We want to be in 75% of the markets that we operate in to be a loyalty leader, which means we want to have the highest customer satisfaction. We're coming from a level of 50%. That is quite a steep step. And the second one is around what we call leadership performance, because as we move, we need to move from being an expert-oriented company to be a leadership-driven company. And we have a very clear metric system that measures that. So this is what shareholders are going to hold us accountable for, and none of that has changed operationalizing financial performance is doing what we're doing along these five levers. That is sort of customer centricity, digital by default, technical excellence, growth, and what we call our cultural initiatives, which we call inclusive meritocracy. And for each of the five, we do actually publish very concrete objectives, like going paperless by 2018 as we can and bringing our retail products in PNC fully online and serviceable through the mobile phone. By the way, online doesn't mean desktop, it means being able to service through the phone. So very operational KPIs. Again, am I convinced that we'll hit all of those? No, we won't, but it's pretty clear now to everybody this is going to be in the core of the company. Okay, so no garages in Shoreditch or Berlin. No, we do have the garages too, but they have to become a core part of what we do. Now, when you sit in accounting or in tax, you know, sitting in the garage doesn't make a lot of sense, right? And in a call center, you also have different workflows than you typically have in our development processes. But we're changing the way we have to work. We have to be a lot faster. Oliver Peter, thank you very much. Yeah, welcome. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.